0: I do not know about you, but I know there are times in my life when I think what goes on in this world, that I've lived long enough, I've seen things that I thought I would never see when I was growing up. But then I also realized that that is not new. I think it started in the Garden of Eden. I think there was a time when they realized, you know, things are not like they used to be. I think they thought that when they had their two sons, and then when one son rose up and killed the other, would they have ever thought that they would live to see a time when one brother would rise up and kill another brother? And on down through history it goes. So I'm reminded of several things that we, that help me deal with situations as we face them in our lives, because we all get to face them. One is I have absolute trust and belief that the Bible is indeed, without a doubt, the Word of God. It is absolutely true. Therefore, I'm reminded, as I look in Isaiah 46, 10, that God is able to declare the end from the beginning. God knows exactly what He's doing. This world will stand as long as He desires it to stand. When He says it's done, it's done. So therefore, God has a purpose for this world still be existing. And we live in this world. And I'm reminded that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I need to be reminded that day by day as well. This is the day God has made. He is in control and I need to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm grateful that he gave us his word to guide us through this life, to draw our strength from it. To remind us that again, as we look at it, the trials around us, when we look at what's going on, we wonder, and it's been that way from the beginning of time. Could it get any worse? And it may indeed, and it is, but God still, in, he has a reason that we do not fully understand. I'm grateful that he gave us songs. Love the songs that are selected. They are reminders. reminders to us the majesty of God, the praise, the honor, and the glory that is to go to God. Do we trust that within our life? Do we draw our strength from who he is? And I am grateful that he's given us given us the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. Miss, we're not able to be together. Miss not having the family of God all together. I'm grateful that we are able to be together. I'm grateful for the prayers that tie us together, The to reminders to us as we petition God in reminding ourselves, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You've got to be reminded of that, do you not? I do. I need to be reminded. I look around me and <laughs> you open with the physical eyes and you look and you just shake your head. Look with the spiritual eye. God is greater. Therefore, God is in control. Therefore, God has a plan that we do not comprehend. And I do not comprehend Ephesians 1.4 of how God planned before the creation of the world to send Jesus Christ into this world to be the sacrifice for our sins. I do not comprehend that. But it is that it is that reminded to me that God is in control. He has a plan. He is executing that plan. He is in control. There, those in the world may think that they are, but the scriptures clearly remind us from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22. He knows what's going on. He is the one that brings kings to rise and kings to fall. Nations to rise and nations to fall. He tests his servants but he reminded us that as we're being tested, listen, God is greater than what you're going through. Every once in a while, we get to remind ourselves that we're not going out of this world alive. If it comes before the end of, uh, as it comes to the end of time, and we should be in that period of time, we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We're not taking this physical body with us, it's going to be left behind ours is to trust God. Greater We have the greater one living in us that is than in what is in the world. So we've got to have faith in him. And all that goes on, there's unrest. There's been unrest since creation. Adam and Eve started that unrest. They left the Garden of Eden. And I say so many times, I mean, when you have that perfection, see, that's everything, that's what we keep looking for, is it not? We want that Garden of Eden down here. We want that absolute peace, that trust in God, and being able to have communion with God on that daily basis, Him, whatever else is involved in that. Listen, we had it and we forfeited it. We had it again after after the flood. It was Noah. His family got off that ark, and it was a perfect world for them. How long did it take for them to spoil it? It didn't take long. And that's the way it's been. We keep looking for that garden of Eden. It's not down here. It's up there. Put your focus in the right place. That enables you to go through whatever has happened here. These are but momentary light affliction, Paul says, producing in us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond comprehension. And again, sometimes it's hard to remind ourselves when we're being, as we would view it, severely afflicted. That this is but for a moment. And God is producing in us an eternal weight of glory. And we've got to trust that. It changes your perspective. It enables you to live lives and to do the things that God would have us to do. Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 that we need to be sober, be alert, be aware, as opposed to not having an awareness of going on for those that are drunk and so forth. Be sober-minded, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You need to be aware of that. You need to be sober-minded. You need to be alert that God is. Again, he's a greater force. But we do deal with an adversary. And he walks about seeking whom he may devour. That's his purpose. Who can he devour? All you have to do is read the scriptures, back to Genesis 1, anywhere down through that time, just read any of those scriptures and you can see how effective that adversary is. But then you also know from scripture how great God is. Adam and Eve sinned. What are the wages of sin? Death. The day that you eat of this fruit, you shall what? You shall surely die. Well, said they didn't die that day, but death entered the world. But God is still greater. Again, that's why I go back to Isaiah 46.10. God is able to declare the end from the beginning. Dwell on that for a while. Think about that while. He's able to declare the very end of things from the beginning of things. That's why he planned our eternal redemption. How could he not plan, how could he not know the end of his, from the beginning to plan that redemption? Before he, Jesus ever left the earth. God already knew the end result. And we wrestle with that. We'll not understand the mind of God, but I love his love for us. How he does it, why he does it, how long he takes why he Allows the time to go on when we continue to do the things that we do. I do not understand all of that, but I trust him. That he does work it out. So that we're, since we're still here, we have a, he has a purpose for us. And those who have passed on, how many of us have drawn strength from those who have gone before us? and encouraged us to go on. How many have we lost loved ones that remind us of the brevity of time and how we need to use that time wisely while we have that opportunity. Talk to individuals that countless times through ages and I've said it myself. If I had known, if I known I was going to lose our child as soon as we did, it would have changed things. Now. God's in control. You've got the time there's not a one of us that does not look at life and says, if I had only known. You already know. We just do not act upon that. That's why we've got the scriptures to remind us. What is your life, James says in 4.17? It is a vapor that what? Appears for a little while and then what? Vanishes out. Appears for a little while and then vanishes away. There is no recouping it. There's no rewind. Sometimes I think we get caught up as we watch movies or whatever else in there. We, we see a show and we see the show being just, uh, played out and everybody says everything that's the right way and all the way through and everything works as it's supposed to. And then every once in a while you get to see outclips of what they said and you don't know how many times they had to say it to get it right. <laughs> they get to redo, they get to redo and sometimes there's numerous times they get to redo that one scene that we say, oh, that was just a marvelous scene. So we don't get to reduce. But we get to learn the lessons. And we get to grow from the lessons of serving God. Have you ever noticed that the closer you get to God, more Satan attacks you? See, when you're not getting close to God, Satan already has you. So he doesn't have to worry about you. He goes after somebody else. But the closer you get to God, the more Satan desires to attack you. Trying to get your focus off of God, to focus off of his strength and his power, his working his will in your life, knowing that it's working for your eternal glory and get you to look at the troubles and the trials and the tribulations we see all around us and become discouraged. How many have? How many got discouraged in what's going on? Keep the focus on God. He attacks us because we're a threat to him now. We're drawing closer to God. We're getting farther away from him. So we're a threat to him. So the attacks are there. And that's why, again, we've got the scripture. Yeah, he's, he's deceptive. He started in the Garden of Eden. He knows exactly how to attack us. Very effective in his attacking of us. But God is still greater. We draw from the greater strength along the way. Once you made your mind up to serve God, Satan's going to be after you. And how many times does he win win those little battles? The battles can strengthen you, the battles can weaken you, the battles can destroy you. But there is that reminder to us they are battles. The war belongs to God. And he will be victorious. Read all the way through Revelation. He'll bring it to an end when he has decided that it is. But even in those reminders to us the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But his desire is still that we would learn from them, draw closer to him, and to serve him. And what do we do when the devil attacks us? Because you do not see him. You do not know his tactics. All you know about his tactics is they're not fair. <laughs> he uses whatever he can use to attack us. Well, you said something wrong to me the other day, and that just really hurt my feelings. Well, you didn't say something to me when you should have said something to me. I'm I'm walking out of here. He is going to attack, but greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. We're reminded in the excuse me in the parable of the sower in Matthew eleven. Hear the hum going on, so I'm yeah. Okay, whatever way we're going, I don't know which one's on anymore. Uh, but in the parable of the sower, you mean the circle that scatters the seed, seed falls on the four types of soil, and on the pathway, the birds come and take it before it can take hold. And as he gave the illustration or gave the explanation of that parable. The word of God is scattered into the hearts of men. And those that are hard, before it can take place, Satan comes in and takes it away. Why? The power is in the word of God. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God under salvation. So Satan takes it away before it can take place. And then Satan works on our lives following that. To try to get us to pull away from the power that will help us through this life. The word of God. That's where the power lies. That's where our heart is to to hide it in our heart. The Hebrew writer reminds us in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living in power and sharper than any two-edged sword. And is able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Satan can use that as well. I know there's not a one of us here that hasn't done something they ought not to have done. Haven't said something they ought not to have said. And wish they could recall what they did or what they said. And what do we do so many times in that situation? We dwell on it. We dwell on it. Do we not read the rest of God's word? When you repent of your sins, when you turn from them, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Satan wants you to keep track. You know you said it. And you know you said it again over here. And you said it again over here. And we get discouraged. Because how many times when we have transgressed God's law, have we said, I know better than that. I too. I know better than that. Why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? And that we dwell on that. How could God still love me when I do things like that? How many times have I transgressed? And I forget those promises God gave. Your sins and your iniquity, I will remember no more, says the Lord. When I repented of them, God has forgiven them and he remembers them against us no more. The price has already been paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. How grateful we are to be for that. And to know that he's always there. He always has that in hand always there to lift us up when we fall. That's reminding ourselves and we need to keep reminding ourselves greater is God who is in you than he who is in the world. As great as Satan is and the power that he wills. What was he able to do to Job and his family? You see the power that he wills? I mean absolute power. The controlling of the weather to destroy the crops. The bringing in of the enemies to, to, to take his family and kill them. The power that he wields is great. He's deceptive. And again, that's why we have the scripture. God is greater. God is greater. I'm on God's side. Don't let me become discouraged and walk away from him when he has so much to offer to us along the way. Do not be ignorant of his devices. Be aware of that. So wait a minute. No, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going down the road of self pity. I'm not going down the road of if I should have. I'm not going down the road of as as I look back and say, you know, look, I miss that opportunity. I miss this opportunity. I miss this opportunity. You're a human being. You're going to miss some opportunities. You're a child. You're going to miss some opportunities. We're not to get discouraged with to draw strength from God. Help me to do better. Help me to draw closer to you. Let me see those opportunities. Let me use them. And let's understand those opportunities are always around us. They're always available to us. And we need to be willing to use those along the way. Understand the blessings that you have from God. Whatever it is. And understand that anything that God blesses you with, Satan can use if you're not careful to try to destroy you. Bless me financially. Well, great. Mm. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm satisfied with my finances. Did you see the switch? God has blessed me. I am satisfied with the finances. And I'll keep going down this road. Huh. Doesn't life tell you it can... Changed in an instant. Anything along that line. He's out to attack us. Draw our blessings from God and bless God along the way. Interested in, you know, standing by the word of God. Stand with God. Hold fast to his word. You go back and you look at Matthew 14, 25 through 33. The account of Jesus... And his disciples on the on the sea. And Jesus is not in the boat at the time, but he's walking towards them. And again, read it as it's given. The winds and the waves were already there. It was night and it's, it, you know, I've written it a time before that I've been in on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, we arrived at uh, in, at the Galilee and, at night. And in the hotel room, you could just hear that wind the blowing. And I mean, it was just like a big storm out there got up in the morning, got ready to cross the the, the Sea of Galilee. It was just a mirror. Just as calm as could be. And they're in the middle of the night. And the raging storm is around them. And again, that could be the illustration, if you want, of the life that we've lived. There's a raging storm around us. And Peter, as the Lord walks, Whereas the Lord is walking towards him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Do you see the change? God, you are great. Bid me to come to you. And Peter stepped out of the boat. And again, you have to keep reminding yourself, the winds are blowing, the waves are tossing on the sea. It is a storm. The storm is already there. Peter is willing to get out of the boat and to walk towards Jesus. And he's walking. God is able. Until Peter hears the wind and sees the waves. What's going to happen to me? And he begins to sink. The reminder of through that again is, where did he turn? When he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. So where did he turn? Turn back to the Lord. The Lord save me. I said before, I do not know how far he walked on the water. It really doesn't matter. He walked on the water. And I do know that he was close enough to the Lord that the Lord just had to reach out his hand. And I've used that, and I thought about that many times. Peter was close enough to the Lord to his what he wanted to be, that the Lord just simply had to reach out his hand and save Peter. How many people serve God all of their lives, and right towards the end, look at the storm around them, and take their eyes off of Jesus? They haven't expressed it this way, but it's the the thought that's there. They fought for the Lord all of their spiritual life, defended His cause, stood for the truth, and then towards the end of the life, because of all the attacks that they have received and all the trouble that they've endured, changed their mind on what what the Bible taught and endorsed the falsehood walked away close out their life believe in a lie Peter says I mean we need to know turn to the Lord and do his bidding in our lives. submit ourselves to the Lord resist the devil and he will flee from you there's your part resist him understand who he is He wants you to see all the trials, all the troubles, all the uh, the uproars that we have going on around us. Not just this time, but at any time. Resist that. Put the focus on God. Look at who He is, what He's able to do. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Do what is right. And the greater one Will live in you. The question is Is he? Is he living in you now? It's based on that invitation song. Regardless of who we are, regardless of how long we've been a child of God, because that's who we're talking to right now, (laughs) Uh, regardless of how long we've been a child of God, we need to hear. And that's why God gave us songs. We draw a lot of them out of the, the, uh, God's word, but a lot of them are based on God's word. We need to hear this. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. excuse me, and I will hasten to him. hasten glad and free. Jesus' greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am resolved. I'm not going to linger any longer in the doubts that Satan places. I'm not going to linger any longer in what letting the world overwhelm me. I want to hasten to Jesus, draw my strength from him, serve him with a whole heart, serve him with a full heart, Live for him, never regretting, never bemoan him a day that live for him. Whatever trials, whatever tribulations are there, it does not matter. God is greater. Will we serve him? Will we live for him? That's the decision that we need to make within our life. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in it, along that line, we bid you to come. As together we stand and sing.